Point Guard is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm going to keep my brain. I'm betting on myself. I'm going to keep my brain. I'm going to go Courtney Vandersloot's vision. I'm going to go Kyrie's finishing, three. Steph's shooting. And I'm going to go B. Diddy Handles. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's your boy, BD, a.k.a. Boom Dizzle, a.k.a. Beam Diddy. And you are listening to the Point God Podcast Show on iHeartRadio. Shout out to Slick for putting this on. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, Girls, people, my people, guess what? You know when you hear a long pause, you know it's something special. This is the last episode of the Point God Podcast. And the Point God Podcast unravels, goes into the minds of some of the most incredible leaders, creators, the one of ones, the point guards who are initiators, orchestrators, going back to their past. How did they do it? How did they get there? How did they become the people that they are? Ladies and gentlemen, this one is for the women. A point god package, officiate. Nato Savant drafted by the Seattle Storm, a four time WNBA champion, a 12 time WNBA All Star, a five time Euro League champion, a five time Russian League champion, named to the W25 team, one of the greatest basketball players you hear me one of the greatest point gods that has been blessed and have given us heart intelligence leadership spirit everyone let's give our roses to none other than Sue Bird You know, also coming back, like coming back from the injury and then the run you had, right, uh, finishing out UConn. And then also like, you know, what that was like to, you know, overcome this injury, go on this run of success and like national championships and then to get drafted into the WNBA. Right. And what that meant. You know, because I felt like in in women's women's sports, women's basketball, it was like a real integral and pivotal moment, right? Where you know something was start. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it was brewing. It was starting to brew. Yeah. 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 So like from ACL tear to that, basically, what the injury did, like nothing was going to be as hard as that, mm-hmm. especially that first month. Oof. 
I mean, my, I still can't straighten my knee all the way. Like nothing was going to be as hard as that. So it kind of like from like a mental toughness standpoint set me up because it was like, A, I now was probably like a little more grateful that I could even play. I don't really live in that space. I feel like the space of like play every game like it's your last or be thankful you even have it, that can get heavy. Mm -hmm. I, I can't play heavy. I need to play light. So like I don't necessarily live in that space, but I think like there was like some gratitude happening that I was even right. able to play and, and get over the injury. But I think it shaped who I was. It that injury a hundred percent shaped who I was as a person, as a player. Mm -hmm. Um and so then you kind of are able to overcome whatever it is that's thrown your way. So we went on to win two titles, especially my senior year to go out on a win. Not a lot of seniors can say that. Right. So it's just like, I have all good. It's like, and people yeah, ask me about college. Yeah, I was out there getting busy. But yeah, I mean, I mean, we had a good year. <laughs> talk about the environment. Y'all was out there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was going up. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was, um, yeah, I mean, sold out crowds. We play, so the, the gamble on campus is like 10,000. Then we play in Hartford. That's like 16, 17 sold out, whether we're playing, you know, Tennessee, our biggest rival, uh -huh. or just like a comp, whoever was in the conference, where, even if they were in like last place, didn't matter. We were a show, we were a traveling show. So no matter where we went, places are sold out. You know, it was cool. Like you had celebrities coming to games. Like people wanted to check us out. We were, we were kind of in like, that was like the aura we had. Um, yeah, it was cool. A lot of it's, it's funny because women's college basketball is obviously big. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's grown since 2002, mm -hmm. but it's funny. Cause even nowadays, like given everything that's happening, people will always come up to me and be like, yo, you, you guys are your senior year at UConn. Like what? I remember watching those games. Like people always want to bring yeah. that time up because we were, we were like a little bit of a traveling, traveling circus. Um, and it's cause we, we played like a certain kind of basketball that was fun to watch. We were killing people. It didn't matter. People still wanted to watch it. Um, and then obviously we won the whole thing and then it was draft day. <laughs> I know. And then like, talk about that. Like, you know, cause I believe like the WNBA was not the first destination, right? For a lot of women basketball, like before the WNBA kind of came around, there was always like, you know, the Euro, the Russian, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mm -hmm. women had to go from college, you know, to yeah. a lot of play uh, in Europe, you know, talk about, like in your era and in that moment, that was like a pivotal time for women's basketball because I do believe the WNBA was starting and wanting to expand and, you know, expanding the teams, et cetera. Yeah. So the WNBA, I'm like trying to get my dates right. The WNBA started in like 97, 98. Mm -hmm. I'm a junior. I'm like going into my senior year yep. of high school. So, and that's year one. Mm -hmm. So I always say that like my class was actually one of the first recruiting classes, like in all of college sports or women's college basketball to think of your college choice, right. To think of the WNBA when you're choosing a college, mm. like it was kind of like, yeah. you were like, all right, who's going to help me get to this next level? Cause to your point without the WNBA. So prior to 97, so when I'm, 
11, 12, 13 yeah. coming up. I'm not, I'm not trying to hear going to Europe. Like, I'm not right, trying right. To, but that's what the option was. I'm not trying to hear it, but that's what the option was. You heard of these players and like, in order to play professionally, you got to go to Europe and play and all this stuff. But I'm, I'm 12. Like, I'm not even thinking about that. So that's kind of where circling back to the Gen AZ Olympics, I could hang my hat on that. Like that I could be like, okay, that I could, that I'm going to try to do. But then finally my junior year, it became like, okay, there's a WNBA, like we can play at home now, but it still does like blow my mind a little bit that here I am been in the WNBA for like 20 years. And I think back to that first year, (laughs) I think back to that first year and I'm like, Oh my God, the league was only four years old. Right. It was going in, it was like, well, it's like five years old, I guess. Oh. I got into the league when it was five years old. That's so young. That's I crazy. <laughs> and it's like it blows my mind. I'm like, that is wild. Cause I don't really the Cheryl Swoops, the Lisa Leslie's, the Dawn Staley's, Tina Thompson. I don't really put myself in that. Like they're up here to me. Right. Like they're the they're the pioneers. Right. But I do know, like, when you kind of zoom out because because i'm especially because i'm still playing but when you zoom out like i am kind of sort of part of that early era yeah yeah so it's, it's kind of this it's hard it, to digest for me to be honest it, it it was you know for me watching this sisterhood right and watching this display of just like basketball culture right i think you know once I think the NBA, for one, you know, the NBA became better when the WNBA, you know, uh, became a, a, a part of it, right? Because now the culture of basketball, you know, even the jersey style, how you rock your jerseys, the protests, like, you know, I'm just the biggest fan of, you know, just the the risk the fight, right, um, you know, and the path and, and, and the path that is being laid for women's sports, like, talk about, you know, being a part of that, right? And, yeah. um, and, and where would you like to see, you know, um, the WNBA go? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because the WNBA, when it started, was hot. Right. Mm-hmm. I already named some of the names. It was hot. And yeah. those those names, those players like carried us yes. while it was in that heat wave. And then what happened was shortly after I got into the WNBA, and this is no one's fault. This isn't this is just kind of like how it happened. Mm-hmm. Right. It's definitely not players' fault. I know that much. It plateaued. The WNBA plateaued. Mm-hmm. It just it plateaued. It may have even dipped. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think what's really cool about being part of the generation I'm part of is that I did see those those early days and kind of I had a little bit of the heat. Mm-hmm. The heat was starting to cool off, but I felt yeah. a little bit of the heat where it was like the WNBA is hot. But then I also experienced, like I said, that plateau. And now to kind of see it take off again in these last couple of years has been really rewarding because all the players in the middle, right? Like all the players that have been in the league not necessarily day one, day one, but early to now, they've, they're the ones that kept it afloat and they did it without a lot of the support that right. a lot of men's leagues get, right? Like, yes, we had the support from the NBA. Of course, they own half of us. 
We had support from our own owners, of course, but like media coverage, sponsorship, like all the things that needed, that is needed, that is needed. Yeah, Yeah. Needed. Exactly. We weren't getting, and I know that people talk about chicken and egg, like which came first is, does the demand have cup? I don't know that demand comes first when it comes to sports leagues, but regardless, we had it and just, it trickled away. And so it's, I always like to give a shout out to all those players because in that middle time, because they kept it going for real. And then now we have this generation that's going to take this thing and run with it. Because the one thing, and I'm sure you know, like the younger generation, they, um, they don't they don't put up with they don't yeah. put up with shit like yeah they they it's on like, they, they on their own thing they they yeah like they, they don't up, put up with yeah. the bullshit yeah, they stay they stay up they like they yes. rise above everything yes like like Sedona Prince with the NCAA tournament she yeah. was like oh hell no this is the weight room let me yeah. put this on my yeah, TikTok let me get the, yeah we're not having <laughs> this this is un- exactly acceptable <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> Yeah. So I know that they're going to keep that thing going. And I think a big part of it was like, also, I mean, it's like a bigger conversation, but like society had to kind of catch up, For sure, you know, also like they had to catch up and also be held accountable in certain ways in order for us to have an opportunity, a chance. Cause that's really all we want. Like a lot of times you hear about WNBA players being like, we want equal pay. That is not saying that me, Sue Bird, deserves LeBron James money tomorrow just because right. of equality in the name of equality. No, what we what we want is just the opportunity to grow. Right. Just to have a chance we to grow the in investment. those ways. Yeah, we want the investment. We want the attention. Yo, 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 we got to tap in real quick. We, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Yeah, yes. we want the investment. The investment. We want the attention. We want to be heard. We want to be yes. listened to. We want the access. Like, um, you know, yes, it's exactly. we are multi-hyphenate. We are more than you can ever imagine if you give us the opportunity. And I think 100%. that's like, that's where, you know, we start, you know, throwing roses again in your arena, right? Because, you know, so someone has to, someone has to be ridiculed for it too. Right. And someone has to be challenged for it, too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I just want you to speak on that, you know, just because, you know, women in sports, like if you could give, you know, um, you know, your your words of wisdom. Right. To the young young women out here. Right. And, And also the men out here in sports, like as you know, as a voice. Right. In, in in the thick of it right now, right? Because there's an opportunity yeah. for this thing to blossom. You know, what kind of words would you want to impart to your people? Yeah. Um, I think like generally, I think people need to start looking at us as an investment and not like a charitable case. I think for a while we were kind of like a box you could check like, oh, yep, I support women, check you know, and now it's like, nah, like you need to view us as an investment. I think everybody knows who's ever been a part of investing, starting businesses, like that's a commitment and you have to be involved in it and you have to be dedicated to it, not just throw money at it. Um, so that's like kind of one general idea or theme, I guess for young girls, young women, I think it's, 
don't be afraid. I mean, we just kind of joked about how this generation uses their platform so well, but it's like, I still think as young women, there's a, a hesitancy, like in certain rooms to, to, to say, to, to speak your opinion, to say the things, you know, to, to speak up on things and, and, and call out the things you see. Um, and the Sedona Prince story with the NCAA tournament really is the best example because I mean, it cracks me up when I read the NCAA's response, they're kind of just like, Oh yeah, we, uh, we didn't think of that. And you're just like, what? You didn't think of it. It didn't occur to you, but sometimes that's what it is. It's sometimes yeah. that simple. Yeah. And then you say it and then you get it and you're like, Oh, um, I think for young boys, um, that's what makes, by the way, that's what makes having sports on TV and having it be accessible women's sports. Cause I think this younger generation of boys, it's just going to be like part of their normal everyday normal. life. Yes. And it won't be this new thing they have to like get accustomed to. Yep. Um, Cause I think what happens for some generations of, of boys who obviously now have grown into men is there's this like sizing up that happens. Like mm -hmm. they see a woman's basketball player and they kind of go like, Oh, I could beat her. But yeah. it's like, just, just respect it. So it doesn't matter who wins one-on-one, -on -one. you, you know, like, you and that's people always, yeah, but well, the, that too. <laughs> yeah, that too. But people always ask me like, why do you think the NBA guys can like watch a game, a WNBA game, you know, like are, are fans of it or into it or whatever. And I'm like, cause they just like watch basketball. They're not sizing everything up. Yeah. They're not being like, can I, or can I not do this? What, how would I do in this game? But guys who aren't as good as NBA players, that's what they do. It's like a trap. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yo, you know what time it is. You know, this show wouldn't be where it is if it wasn't for our sponsors. Let them have it. Yeah, they're haters. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're, they're they're ultimately like you know, fans are haters too, and yeah, you know, it's like you're just a hater of talent, right? Yeah, and the people who love the game, right, and appreciate the game, we love talent, right? And right. no matter exactly. if you are ninety or two, it's like <laughs> we just want to be a part of something because of the feeling. And because really, like, there's a certain type of love that's shared, you know, um, when people gather around uh, a game of basketball. Okay, we have a lightning round. Okay. You have Oof. about one minute to answer these different topics. Okay. First, if you were to put together your ideal point god. Oh. Any attribute. Okay. Any skill set, any arm length, any body part, any eye okay. brain. You have five parts. Okay. Put together. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um whew. I'ma go. I'ma keep my brain. I'ma keep my brain. I'm yeah. betting on myself. I'ma keep my brain. Um I'm gonna go Courtney Vandersloot's like vision. Mm. I'm gonna go Kyrie's finishing. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got three. Steph's shooting. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna go B Diddy handles. Come on, <laughs> yo! I People can't even say I got handles. <laughs> yes, they. I can't even say how many times I tried to do the the spin move where you dropped it. 
Oh, uh, <laughs> that was like because that was in that commercial. Yeah, in the that was like, commercial. oh my god, on, I did that nonstop. Oh, I'm flattered. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you have a name for that? I don't. I oh, you should that. name it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Another minute. You have there are five point guards, point gods that have been influential in your game. Okay. If Who that are they? was a pot of gumbo <laughs> and they were ingredients to the Suburg pot of gumbo, what would those five ingredients be? From oh, gods. From other people, though. Mm, that you oh. add into your gumbo. Okay, okay, okay. So what have I stolen? Um, <laughs> I see where we're going. We've got Nisha Butler's pull-up. Uh-huh. uh-huh. We've got, um, oh, my God. This is, this is harder than I thought. Okay, let me think. Oh, so I'm a big, I'm a big Mike Bibby fan. Okay, yes, for sure. Big Mike Bibby fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. So he, I didn't get into it, but like right around that high school era, that was when he, that was when Arizona went to the finals, yes. to the, the championship. Huge Mike Bibby. That was my favorite Shout player. Out to Mike Still Bibby. is. So from like, there's not one thing, but Mike was like a scoring point guard. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Because a player I could say, is Tisha Penichero. Watched her in, when she was in college. Yes. And just like her, I don't have as much flair as her. Every now and then I'll like throw, I'll pull something out. She's yeah. like that way more. But like her flair and her style, Precisely. I like, yeah. But then I saw someone like Mike Bibby and I was like, oh, you can score and facilitate. Like you can yes. do both. So like the balance of scoring and facilitating passing is from Mike. A little bit of the passing flair. Don't have nearly as much, but Tisha. Um, and then we got the pull up. So I need two more. God, I'm trying to think of like what players I've seen that are just so smart, mm. like just super, super smart. Um, I think Jason Kidd's a good one. Absolutely. He just like picks it apart. You're yeah. a big guard. You're a big, you're a big guard. I kind of am. Yeah, you're a big guard. You're welcome to the club. Big guard. <laughs> club. You're a big guard. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I could probably get, yeah. I need to hit the weight room to get like a little bigger and I feel like to be in your guys' category, a little stronger, I mean. Um, but yeah, sometimes I look around, I'm like, well, dang, everyone's shorter than me. Um, so yeah, well, that's like my four. I'll have to think of a fifth one and come back. I don't want to stall your game. Okay. Trying to think of other people. And um and the last okay. one minute question is you decided that you were going to play this year mm. for a minimum contract. <laughs> yeah. Why and why is winning important <laughs> to you? It's actually pretty simple. It's like, I don't really, especially at my age, but I think this could have, I could have said this for any year. I don't really, I shouldn't say see the point. I see the, obviously it's basketball. We love to play. It's fun. It's a game. But like for me, I don't really see the point if I'm not on a contender. Like, what am I doing? 
I can do other things in life. Like I don't really have that, you know, need to prove anything, quote unquote, prove anything. So it's more just, I want to be on a winning team and the way the WNBA set up the way the salary cap set up, it's a tight squeeze. So I understood we were going to need money to get other people to help our roster out. So I was like, well, the money's not important. Plus dot, dot, dot in women's basketball, because the WNBA contracts aren't as fruitful as some other leagues, you make money when you win. So Mm -hmm. my whole thought process is a, I'd rather be on a winner period, forget the money for a second, but then B, if you're on a winner and your team wins, you kind of end up, you know, making out anyways. So I'd rather give my chance. I'd rather like raise my chances in that way. Um, so it really was a no-brainer. I know some people don't get it, but it really was a no-brainer. The heart and the vision of a champion. Bet on yourself. And then last but not least, if there is one point guard or one point guy that you like, you know what? You get off of this team. Let me play with these people. (laughs) You can pick anybody in the world. Anybody in the world. It's like, you know what? Good job. But like, let's say. I'm going to help you. I'm going to figure this out for you. (laughs) I have an answer. Yes. I have an answer. Yes. All right. This isn't about, luckily, this is my homie was the point guard. She's going to, she wanted me to come to this team too. So there's no disrespect happening here. If this is known that there was a moment where I was a free agent, the storm was like rebuilding uh-huh. and it was kind of like, and so there was a moment where I considered going back to New York, right? Like going home, playing for the Liberty. It yeah. would have been ridiculous. It would have been epic. Yeah. And the t- that the year before they were good. They So they finished in the top, yeah. they were the one or two, they were bombed. So we're talking Tina Charles, mm-hmm. Epiphany Prince, yep. Tanisha Wright, that's my homie. Oh, yeah. um, Swin Cash is on the team. Yep. They just had drafted Kia Stokes, like bunch of bunch of like names, like good ass players. Yeah. They were missing a point guard though. And I and T, I that's why I bring this up, we laugh. Like T was the point guard. They had a rookie point guard too, but I was like, well, we can move her to the two. We could just move her to the two. Okay. She doesn't have to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Take but I remember right over to the two, please. While yep. we operate, I get it. I get and it. And they lost, so they got to the playoffs, and they lost like in the first round, which was like that single elimination. Mm-hmm. I guess that means they finished third or fourth. But anyways, I just remember watching them being like, "I was becoming a free agent," and I remember thinking, like, if if I was on that team, yeah, things would be a little different. Be a little different. Maybe the Liberty would still be in Manhattan. <laughs> No, I'm just playing. <laughs> amazing, 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 amazing. <laughs> the W25 team, EuroLeague champion, Russian League champion, Globe Trider, basketball ambassador, ambassador to women's sports pioneer of culture famous amongst the famous nba 75 commercials hey the smile (laughs) the faith we had a good time we had a good time 
the orchestrator, the disciplinarian, the organizer, the negotiator, the painter, the rapper, the shark, the koala bear too. You gotta have the balance. The humbleness, the ability to inspire, to lead, to be led, and to collaborate. The legend, the point God, one of my favorite of all time. Super. Damn, they're going crazy. <laughs> there they are. Hey, there they go. There yeah. they go. <laughs> they just in here eavesdropping. They don't, yeah, they know what time it is. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you. Nah, thank you. This is fun. Yeah, this is dope. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is our last episode. People, this is our last episode of the Point God podcast. It has been a pleasure to be your host. Who knows if this is getting passed off? Who knows if Sue Bird wants to interview her favorite point gods? Like, you know, there is more to come. Not a bad idea. Being your host, I would love that. The next 50 could be Sue Bird. I am here and I'm never leaving. Well, you're the first guest. (laughs) <laughs> All right, there it is. About to flip it. About to flip the <laughs> there table. it is. Because they, they don't know much about me. I, I, I've, <laughs> I've, been gotten, I've gotten through fifty episodes, and wow. nobody knows anything about my story. But you know, people shout me out, so it's been cool. Uh, but it's been a great ride, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to iHeart I Media. Shout out to Slick Sports Lifestyle and Culture for allowing us to do this. This is the Point God Show. I'm your host, Baron Davis, and I humbly appreciate this opportunity to entertain you. Enjoy yourselves. Be good. Peace. Point God is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.